0: yeah that shit helped me as a person because i was um yeah i was super shy and it made me become more outgoing and learn how to talk to people and learn how to Mm -hmm. communicate my music more
1: hello and welcome to where the living room used to be a podcast about rhode island's music scene Hey everyone, it's James. On this episode, I sit down with one of my favorite rappers, Mopes, who some of you may know from his previous name, Prolific. Through our conversation, we get into the reason why he started making beats, the concepts behind his albums, and how growing up in a working middle-class family influenced his lyrics. We also get a little deeper into the breaks that he's taken from music, as well as his recent reintroduction. Speaking of that, Mope's fantastic new album, Unwound, came out in February on Strange Famous Records. You can pick that up on limited edition cassette, lathe cut 7-inch, as a special t-shirt bundle, and of course, digital download or stream wherever you get your music. I'll be posting some bonus mini-episodes with Mope's over the next couple weeks, so please subscribe wherever you're listening right now. And follow Where the Living Room Used to Be on Instagram, as I'll be posting some show flyers, photos, and more from Mope's time and music. Uh,
0: born in Providence, women and infants, uh, raised in Cranston. Um, I didn't I don't think I realized what it was like for me until I moved out mm-hmm. of Rhode Island. Um, and when I like moved, like I lived in Quincy, Mass, and I lived all over different parts of Rhode Island. But when I moved to D.C. is when I, I really started to kind of look into what my upbringing upbringing was like. Um, mm-hmm. But it was I mean, I, you know, I grew up uh you know middle class um you know my dad uh, worked in a factory um my mom you know helped him in that factory (laughs) Uh, um and uh, um it was good i mean you know it was yeah i I feel like my like the folks who grew up in the same areas as i did in rhode island all kind of had the same experience you Mm -hmm. know
1: yeah Similar, so, yeah suburban Rhode Island especially yeah. like directly around Providence kind of has yeah, like some exactly. similar stuff you know, yeah
0: but. but you know I grew up playing basketball and all the, like the um the co- local courts um had a bunch of local buddies that caused trouble with you know <laughs> um, and found music at some point and it became a huge influence in my life
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know in some of your songs you talk about your father and yeah. the music that he played, and some of that influence. Uh, can you yeah. talk a little bit more about? Yeah, music I mean, that was, early on in your life. Yeah, I mean, I I um, grew up listening
0: to my parents listened to James Brown, listened to Curtis Mayfield, they listened to average white band, Jimi Hendrix. So there was just like a huge spectrum of music, like specifically like black music you know, mm-hmm. even though it's white folks playing, it's like black music, right? It's soul, it's rock, it's, um, it's um, um, R&B. And yep. um, it was just, I just absorbed all of it and I they were playing records. And I don't think I realized how much of an influence it had on me until I got into hip hop, until I started to understand like why I got so heavily in- influenced into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember like Bill Withers playing you know, like just stuff that a lot of folks don't get access to at that age.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, it was a huge influence into me as a person just because of how much music is a part of my life, but also how I got into hip hop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems that uh, a lot of those things be, are easily sampled or, you know, some you know, yeah. probably some things are like overly sampled or whatever. But, you know, just yeah. kind of having that your ear is drawn going through my
0: dad's collection and i think yeah because i didn't it was magic to me how production happened when i was a kid like i didn't understand what those guys were doing in like like Mm -hmm. bomb squad premiere pete rock i didn't know like that they were sampling taking these samples from different records and putting them into this box and shot i did that (laughs) like, (laughs) like none of that made sense to me when i was like eight nine right yeah but then when i started to hear the samples Mm-hmm. And then I started put putting it the pieces together like, oh, they're taking the drum break from here, chopping it, quantizing it, slowing it down. We know all doing all this stuff to it, then taking a sample from this record it was just like I became hooked even more uh-huh. so into the process of it. um, yeah, so it was incredible. Yeah. It, was like a, it was like it was like it was like, uh, it was like discovering like a box of, of
1: like secrets. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> Holy
0: shit. Like, Oh yeah. I was
1: like, uh, it was crazy. Yeah. When did you start making bees? So, I mean, you were like self-producing so, uh, a lot of stuff yeah, when so you started I, rapping, right?
0: Yeah. So I started, um, I, fr- I started writing like, just like, uh, like weird Al Yankovic kind of raps of Hell like yeah. nice. parodies of, of songs. And uh, I was like kind of fucking around. Um, I was probably like 10, 11, 12, and then I started to actually get into writing. Like I started to talk about, because I was like, "What am I gonna write about? I'm this white dude in Rhode Island." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't see like, what am I gonna, you know, like there there wasn't like a purpose for me to do that yet. Uh huh. Um, and then when I started to like, it it, it kind of became this process of it it, was, so it became the process of how I interpret the what i'm going through in the world yeah and how i cope with things that how i'm going through the world so i started to write about okay what i was going through and feelings that i had and all that kinds of things and then to also know that braggadocious shit too of like i can flip lines and i can flip words and Mm -hmm. um so i I started to really enjoy the craft of writing writing rhymes right Mm -hmm. and flow structure like how do you like how does that work like when you're writing something so i started doing that i was recording just to like random instrumental tapes or I would do okay. like, the, you know, the pause, replay, uh, pause, stop, record <laughs> shit, you know, and try yeah, to yeah. make my own beats from things. And that was yeah. a disaster. But uh, mostly I just wrapped over instrumental tapes and I started to put demos together, sharing it out with people, you know, yeah. kind of getting some feedback. And then I started to work with um, this dude, Sunspark out of Long Island, who was a producer. Uh, he actually had connections to Adam's fam and... Uh, um, that was like my first like, Oh, okay. I feel like I'm actually like this is doing this, this. Yeah. Yeah. This feels like, uh, I want to say professional, but you know, gearing more to, to that direction. I'm, I'm taking it more seriously.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and like roughly I, what yeah. year was this? It was just like mid nineties. Oh, yeah. So this so was back. like, yes. Yeah, so when I, f- I
0: first started to really get into, it, it was like 90, 98, okay. 99. I was like 16, 17. Yeah. Um, and when I, when I put that demo together, I was like 17, 18. It was a demo that uh, was called What's Wrong With This Picture." I don't know.
1: It yeah, yeah you got the
0: tapes that, of that, right? Yeah, yep. That That's dude's cool. son was sending me beats, and I was working with him. But then, like, I needed more, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was too cheap to pay anybody. So I'm like, I'm going to fucking figure out how to do this. And I at that point, I didn't have, like, the balls to just go out and ask somebody, like, hey, would you send me a beat? Because it was, like, that rejection that was – I wasn't ready for that 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 kind of stuff yet. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna figure out how to do this myself. Mm-hmm. So I was like 18 when I started to get into production. What did and you use? What was your do you so remember your I was first yeah, I was machine? using um uh so I didn't have a machine, I was doing okay, I was using a computer at first. Okay. And uh, um and actually a computer has always been involved in my production in some okay. variation. Um I was using Acid Pro, like okay. 1 1.0, 1. you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. It was like the bare minimum when it comes to uh, uh, sequencing and all that stuff. I didn't have any effects or any of that jazz. It was just like, just like the sequencer itself, like the, the, mm-hmm. the, the timeline. Um, and then I was going out and digging records, you know? Yeah, I was, okay. trying to, I was like trying to learn like how, like, because that's a whole other process of like learning. Like, what does that mean? Like, okay, so then you get a record. You have to sample it, then you bring it. So there's just that whole process I had to learn and piece together and figure out what that actually looked like. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so between, you know, 18 and, uh, you know, when I made The Ugly Truth, which was like 2003, 2004, I was just figuring out what that process looked like.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: And I was completely raw. So then I would, I didn't know what I was doing. I would ask random people like, that I come like producers, I came across of like, yo, how do you do this? How do you do that? Some people would show me how to filter a baseline, Mm -hmm. um, how to chop a certain way. Um, so yeah, I just kind of pick up tidbits from, from people as I, as I met them along the way, basically, that's how I figured out how to produce, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. So you did the, the demo, your first record as well. You did that one. You did all the production on that one as well, right? The, yeah, which was uh, alarm, alarm clock. clock. At,
0: yeah. yeah. So I did everything except for like, I don't say like two or three beats on there. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was like a step in a direction. Like I started to figure out actually, I started to make a beat that didn't suck. you know uh it's funny because like
1: i remember one of the first reviews like according to you or according to other people like to be like yo i think think it was both
0: yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i had um i had uh put out that demo tape which was called what's wrong with this picture and i remember to this day loose cannon who was a reviewer out of boston just basically like this dude needs to stick to writing and stay out like basically stay off off the production pads kind of thing yeah and i was like of course i took it to fucking heart i'm like i'm gonna prove this dude wrong right so Mm -hmm. i went real hard into figuring out how to do this because there was a a part of that craft of like me writing and crafting the beat that that was super intimate to me that i loved Mm -hmm. Uh, and i also loved digging for records like i became addicted to it like the whole process of going to find it bringing it back like i just yeah i was completely in love with that that Mm -hmm. um that situation
1: I know that there are so yeah. some secrets with that, but are there any spots you can share? Any that are?
0: I mean, you know, I'll, like I'll back share, in the like, day.
1: Um, yeah. You know, like so where would you go digging? A lot of the like, spots are um, have closed up, but the spot I used to hit
0: up the most are probably Luke's Records in, in Pawtucket. That yeah. was like I would I would spend seven to eight hours in the basement, just going through everything, because most of the stuff down there was like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars. Yep. And it was just hordes of records, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it really helped educate myself on record labels. I would even start like, oh, okay. like producers, like so years, like what years had like a certain sound, and what labels and sublabels there were. So yeah. I started to get really heavy into that kind of stuff. So it was like Luke's. There was a place in Warwick called Lads. Um, there was Tom's tracks in Providence mm-hmm. that had a little bit, there was in your ear in Providence that I would hit up. Um, there was Joe's moldy oldies in Socket that was like <laughs> a, every once in a while, you get a gem from there. Um, yeah. so yeah, I kind of made my runs and I would hit up Boston every once in a while, but I would mostly it was like Luke's, um, Tom's tracks round again, which was on Wicked I don't know if he's still there. Um, but yeah, those are my uh, spots yeah, that I would it, go to. Yeah. 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 So those were the spots that I hit up, you know, and uh, um, kind of made my presence known there. Mm-hmm. And then now my favorite spot is uh, Music Research Library. I love that place. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's an Olneyville, right? Yeah, yeah, that place nice, is yeah. uh, probably one of the best record stores I've been to, and I've been to a lot. So cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about making uh, Alarm Clock? And I guess I also just have a... a- question of the name of that of the album like, yeah so, it's like because it I, I have an interpretation of it and it's probably way off but i just okay sort of, <laughs> i mean do you want to hear
0: my side or you want to say yours first
1: well i guess yeah maybe i'll edit this if it's just fucking dumb but you know <laughs> um i don't know i mean i've always kind of taken it as like you know nine o'clock workday starts you, mm. you have the alarm clock set to nine oh one, just as like kind of this counterculture. Like I'm going to start my day after your work, you know, like I'm not going to do that like nine to five type thing. Like you're purposely starting later, you know, like against that. So that's kind of how I took it. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: that's the, that's the metaphor for it, but okay. it was actually a literal thing too. Like, so the alarm clock I had in high school and into college, it was one that you had to like, you, you had to cycle through the entire thing. To okay. get to the time you want it to. <laughs> yeah. So when I was setting it, because I, I don't, I, that period of time, I was waking up at nine in the morning for whatever reason. Yeah. And uh, I had, when I was setting it, one time I had went too far with the minutes. So yeah. instead of going all the way back to you know through 59 numbers to get to zero again I'm like I'm just going to fucking leave it. Yeah because yeah. like what's, what's one minute I'm not going to oversleep one minute right so I was like <laughs> let me just leave it and then uh, as I was putting that the the albums together I was just thinking about like all right what's going on in my life that's like a constant that feels like a theme for this. Mm-hmm. And at that time yeah I was I was going to school and I was working nights so I wasn't really I had like a weird schedule I wasn't a part of the 9 to 5 culture yet. I was um uh, again, I was like, I was school in the morning and then I was working at UPS uh, at night from like, you know, sometimes from five to midnight, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, yeah, I just, I was, uh, it was, yeah, I, and I didn't feel like I was going on the same path that everyone was going down, right? I was like, I was uh, going to school as a creative and I was doing this music thing. So I just, I felt like uh, um, detached a little bit from the the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was going through ideas, I'm like, "Damn, I, why don't I call this shit an alarm clock set for nine one?" Because no one else would ever have that title ever. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so that's it. I was like, "All right, this is uh, and it was unique to me, so I went with it."
1: So. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you to to bake that particular record? Were you working on it, you know, from ninety nine uh, or whatever when you did no, the demo, was, or was it?
0: So the demo was like, nine. It's like probably ninety eight to ninety nine, two thousand is when I got that first demo, which was what's wrong with this picture done. Yeah. And the long clock was basically like 2001 and 2002. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it came out in like 2003 is when I got, I, don't know, I officially kind of put it out. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was like uh, um, at that time I was uh 20, 2021 20, mm-hmm. uh, trying to figure out what the hell I'm doing and uh, um, just really starting to come into my own as far as uh, an artist. I feel like, Mm-hmm. like that's I, like if I, I i have there are moments in what's wrong with this picture that are like oh that's pretty good but there's a lot of cringe stuff because i was so young and so raw that it was just like i had no filter i was just putting out you know yeah yeah just I was, I was putting out whatever kind of thing with well, this one i started to really think about it as like all right I, I really spent a lot of time with the writing on it like i, mm-hmm. I wanted the writing to be To to be as perfect as I could make it, and the same thing with the beats. Like I wanted, I had a a feeling in mind with the 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 songs that I wanted, like a feeling to the beat, uh, an overall vibe. And and you know what's funny is like why one of the reasons why I got into producing was I always liked slow shit. Yeah, like I love like my pocket is like seventy three BPM to about like eighty eight. Like that's my like that's always been my zone. Yeah, Um, and not a lot of producers back then worked there. didn't it was too slow for them they wanted to be 90 or higher yeah Um, yeah and i just i so when i was most of that album is you know between yeah it's pretty it's it's slow you know which Mm -hmm. er, everyone just like yo (laughs) how can we it's not like a dance album you know it's not like it's a sit back and think chill kind of album
2: They shed parts of their skin and I wear it like a king's robe But it feels awkward and loose And I guess it's what I get for trying to walk in someone's shooting gallery Falling on callous knees that bleed When you put your head inside the guillotine And the axe leaves a hand She needs a man and fiends the vaccine Caught him in the line of fire like every this routine Where they stand single file with their single files, Blindfolded targets for the hunters that are sitting in the aisles Waiting for them to walk down the shrinking mile The bell tolls when they pull the trigger with their ring
1: what was your like live show experience uh (laughs) with uh, at that time like were you doing shows at that time or yeah i I mean i
0: so yeah so i started off going to open mics that was like 99 i was going to black rep i was going to s220 i was going to what's uh Basically, anyway, because there'd be random cafes that would have an open mic, um, mm-hmm. or like a, a poetry slam or some kind of shit like that, and uh, I would try to hit it up just to get practice. And like, because mm-hmm. you know, w- when you're in your room doing your own thing, you don't you think this is like, oh, this is, this sounds dope, but it really comes to fruition when you have to perform it in front of people. Yeah, when you really and then like it's even how you're working through like like how you wrap it and how people are responding. All that energy is like helped she helped me as a writer um because i wasn't really a natural performer i had to learn how to do that i think i've always been a writer in the studio kind of guy more yeah. so than on stage performer. so it helped they, they helped each other you know mm-hmm. um but yeah i was fucking petrified <laughs> when i first started like i was um you know introvert kind of dude and um Again, it didn't really come natural to me to be in the spotlight. So I had to learn how to navigate that because like if I'm going to do this, I can't just like record raps in the studio or in my in my room all day. I could do that. But uh, I was like, I, I wanted to to put myself out there. Yeah. So I was just a learning curve, man. Um, I feel like uh, the first time I got up on stage, like really got up on stage at the Black Rep. I had a really good um, reception from mm-hmm. the audience which was a nice solid foundation to start with because if you're getting booed if I would got booed I probably wouldn't be I wouldn't have kept doing it you know what yeah. I mean? like yeah. all right I just this isn't going to work out you know <laughs> yeah um but I did really well and I had a little bit of a buzz and um uh yeah I just kind of took it from there and um and then just tried to get better mm-hmm. um become a better performer so uh you know you can't just go up there and do 75 BPM songs all day about, you know, melancholy vibes and switch it up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it just like slowly, it was like a natural learning curve for me of like what it means to, what it means to write songs, Mm -hmm. then actually perform them. But seeing that performance is like as a progression, right? So it's like, what song do you open with? What yeah. song do you close with? What songs are you putting in the middle? Like the highs and like the peaks and lows of, of the performance. So it was just like, uh, it was a lot of learning for me. From, mm-hmm. like, from like 99 to about, um, I would say like 2005, mm-hmm. like just me trying to do more and more shows and get better in, in, at what I was doing. And I think once I I I went on my first tour with Galapagos, mm-hmm. um, I had put out the record Stick Figures with Robust. That was 2000. I think 2005. Okay. Um, and we toured it. So that was like my first like 40 city tour. And I mean, I just, that's when I kind of came into my own of being able to actually perform, Yeah. And feel com- comfortable and confident with what I was doing because mm-hmm. I had just put so many hours in, you know what I mean? I just, I, yeah. I had just got, again, just gotten better at it. Um, and then again, that, that, helped me as a writer it's like how i was putting songs together and putting an album together mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it was and it was always me on it was just me i never had it really had a dj oh, okay. um with the exception of when i um i performed with stick figures it was me and robust on stage together but as a sol- like as when it was my solo stuff it was just me uh me and a wow. scene player basically yeah so it was uh uh again yeah, i was like just trying to tread water you know <laughs> head above it without like uh, without sucking, but knowing how to um yeah, just knowing how not to, to gas out where you're just like you're going too hard, yeah, uh, then you blow your voice out or not going too soft, like where to so yeah, it was and then yeah, that shit helped me as a person because I was really? um yeah, I was super shy and um it made me become more outgoing and learn how to talk to people and learn how to communicate mm-hmm. my music more. So it was
1: it was uh, a lot. Yeah. So but yeah but with that uh your so you do have a, a, a tour CD. I recommend people check that out. Um, that is called Times Table Scraps. Uh, it's kind of like a mixtape, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that, makes- that
0: was, um, it was so when I first signed with Sage, um, he wanted to just kind of put together a mix of like a, a, you know, in the vein of his um, sick Awaiting stuff. I got gotcha. series stuff of um. Like, yeah, here's like a a teaser of who this dude is, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of like I wasn't in his circle. I mean, Sage has a very unique circle of fans that listen to him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in more of like the boom bap, you know, underground scene with Galapagos. They that's where they kind of attracted more of. So I don't think a lot of Sage fans, with the exception of like some folks in Rhode Island, knew who I was. So okay like a good teaser for them of like here's this dude here's what he kind of brings to the table and here's why we signed him kind of a thing mm-hmm. um so you know so that kind of, that came out in 2005 and it also gave me' no, 2005 2006 uh mm-hmm. it was also uh when i before i went on tour with soliloquist of sound it gave me something to sell i got you.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah because i
0: had a long clock um and i had yeah i I had a
1: long clock. i think that was it
0: and then i had times table scraps that was the what i could actually sell on on uh, yeah yeah or basically you know
1: yeah so. and then from there yeah uh, strange famous debut the ugly yeah. truth and um yeah yeah so again you were the first person uh, outside yeah. of sage francis on strange famous correct yeah um
0: yeah, the uh, mean Reanimator uh were the first act. I mean he, he did put out uh some Joe Beat stuff before that, but it was mostly oh, yeah. his own thing uh that he was doing and he, he kind of made it official um mm-hmm. with uh Reanimator and I. And uh yeah, it was it was life changing for me as an artist. And uh, um yeah, I learned so much uh through that album, through the process mm-hmm. of making it. So
1: yeah. What was that like? Like, I mean, especially because you came from making your own beats and handling all of that stuff. Like, was yeah, that so like when a little he, bit when he, jarring yes, working with someone um, else?
0: It wasn't or, because I knew that I've always treated music as a way of, or I, or I should say, should say the creation of music as a learning process. Okay. Like I, can, I know I don't know everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that like who I am as a writer now is going to change two years from now, just mm-hmm. because like, I'm always trying to get better. I'm always trying to evolve. So I knew who reanimator was at the time and I knew his style. So I knew it was going to take me as a writer and again, being like a producer of mine in a different direction, which mm-hmm. I was like all for because I don't want to keep making the same thing over and over again. I you got know? you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when he said that, I was like, okay, let's do this. You know, let's, uh, um, let's make this happen. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's a great record. Um... You know, I just want to shout out the line just because I, uh, you know, I, I've toured a lot and just kind of just understand the scene. But your line about, I know you only think I'm dope because someone told you I am. I think it's yeah. in the song, The Ugly Truth. And yeah. I don't know, that one just kind of kind of rang through as just someone like just uh, you as an artist kind of recognizing yeah. that there are those types of things, that there yeah. are those types of stamps yeah. for this kind of stuff. And like, you know, a lot of artists don't seem to think that, that there are some... uh that there's some luck that there's some uh scene points that there's some like whatever it is you know (laughs) i think (laughs)
0: there are very few who just like who are so naturally talented or just who just are just plain lucky Mm -hmm. um that just that don't go through those ups and downs of having to deal with just the red tape of the industry you know Mm -hmm. um especially when it when you start to grow out of an like out into a wider audience mm-hmm. i mean and again the t- kind of music that i was making it was like i'm not following anybody's footstep i mm-hmm. was always trying to f- find my own way my own path my own voice and when you do that um people just like i don't really know how to react to this uh-huh um but what what it what it did though for me is that i people that did react to it and artists that i respected who reacted to it i knew i was doing the right thing yeah, i knew yeah. i was doing what was right for me and my music and i was like I didn't need anybody to co-sign me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to like I I like I already know that I'm dope. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that and I'm not saying that to be cocky, but it's like I already know that I have quality or I have something to bring. Yeah. Um so it's either you're catching up or you're not, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but I'm not going to um I'm not going to uh try to figure out what you like uh-huh. and cater to it cuz I just it's what the hell's the point for me? If yeah. I, that's, that's what I'm going to do. You know, like uh the the music and the craft for, for me has always been about what it was and what just the craft uh-huh. and uh, how much I love the process and again, it was a coping mechanism for me of just being able to f- like figure out what the hell's going on on this planet like how <laughs> know, and how I interpret things, you know and, and it was uh it that's what it meant for me. it didn't mean um and not to say that it's not like wrong uh, if you like are doing it for, the social things or you're doing it for money but there's a certain path for that and my path has always been about the love of the art form
1: yeah 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 no i mean I, I, to me it seems like it comes through just how much you love to just create everything yeah. from the ground up um so you're not doing that unless you love it you know <laughs> like,
3: yeah
0: and like, like even so. like i mean it gets granular too because you know some average fans don't actually know what's going on in the wordplay or what's going uh-huh. on in the rhyme schemes you know where People who I respect will point things out like, whoa, what you did here, either with this line or these words or this like rhyme pad. It, that's mm-hmm. when I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, that's who I'm, I'm, you know, putting those Easter eggs in for those folks, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: A stick figure reanimated to how others see fit, presented on a pedestal, introduced to a remix from a poor rendition. So the audience will listen to what he has to say. The label on his forehead ain't a catchy phrase, but it attracts masses to ways of flesh. Day when I was written off and didn't have what it takes, didn't catch too many breaks. Being stuck in this loop, a broken wreck, and most didn't get it. So, here's the ugly truth: Personified on the stage, the compromises I made compared to how you treat me when I'm on that stage, your perception of how you see me up and change quick, when you see my association with strange famous, Cause I know what it's like to be strange but not famous, I know what it takes and also what it claims to give, now you know what my name is, another product of entertainment, never said I wouldn't take it, told Sage I appreciate it, the buzz kill emotion, most show me love, I know you only think I'm dope because someone told you I was, but I still write it even when you don't like it and don't understand, it's like cracks and i cringe at the fact that this is what it's come to when it makes me uncomfortable watching my soul spill right in front of you
1: i hope it's worth every penny because never you know the next record you did was with buddy peace and yeah. um what's called working man what was that like working with someone now you know across yeah. the pond and uh yeah. you know someone that's again you know part of that that circle of strange famous and you know yeah. that that next step
0: so I didn't know what I was gonna do after the Ugly Truth. I kind of I was like, I was in a, like a crossroad of like, um, am I gonna put all my energy into this or am I gonna go in this direction?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, there was like a lull. There was like a four-year period between when the Ugly Truth and Working Man came out, and uh, I mean, I mean, when two two thousand seven in Rhode Island, the economic crash kind of hit you know, it was bad. Like there was no mm-hmm. work. Uh, I didn't have any money. Um, and I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do with my life, you know? And so really? a lot of that record dealt with that. It was just like, it dealt with, um, me feeling like, uh, like I didn't accomplish what I wanted, but I was like, it was like just like that struggle uh, oh, Okay. Uh, mentality. And I wasn't sure who I wanted to work with. I wasn't in this space to be a producer yet because, I didn't want to follow it up. I wasn't ready yet as a producer to be like, I'm going to produce my next album. So I, I wanted to find someone who I wanted to like, who fit, who I think, who I thought I could fit that vibe with. Yeah. Um, and then Buddy ended up doing a remix for Artist Goes Pop. When I heard that, I'm like, this fucking dude's incredible. Just yeah. like his sound design and his ear and the spread, you know, he just, he's on a different level that I don't think a lot of people really can appreciate. Um, so I reached out to him I'm like, yo, I was like, you want to put a record together, like do a full album? And he was completely down. And, uh, um, we, you know, did it new age style over email, you know? Okay. And, uh, yep. uh, you know, we didn't really, we didn't work ever together. Actually it was the same thing with reanimator. I didn't, we, we did everything over email, you know? What yeah, you mean? We, never okay, got, just... we never met up and worked on stuff. It was always over email. So yeah, we made it happen, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, um, it was really fun to put together. It felt good to be, um, like writing and recording again, but that album was like, there's a lot of like, I look back like dark moments on that album, you know, yeah, just yeah, like me trying to, me trying heavy, to figure yeah. out. Yeah. Me trying to just figure out. And at that point, my dad's, um, business had flooded and, um, you know, like most of his equipment was damaged and shit. And yeah, it was just, it was like, and again, with the economic shit happening, it was like, I, it was, like, it was all over that record of just like, you know, where I come from as a person, where I'm, I was going as a young man and trying to figure my, my shit out, you know, and uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. that's, and that's where that title kind of came from. It's like, this is, this is like my upbringing, you know, okay. um, my dad worked his ass off. Um, both my parents don't have college degrees. Uh, me and my sister, like the first and both sides of our family to graduate from college. Mm-hmm. um so it was like uh, um yeah it was a, a little piece of me that that was um yeah kind of like a dedication in in some way to and in Rhode Island's, you know with the exception of maybe southern rhode island rhode island's a working class state you know what i mean like we yeah. just, we're we're tough and uh, um we you know we um yeah we're we're kind of hardcore you know yeah. a little bit when it comes to that kind of thing so that's that's what i felt during that period.
1: And that's kind of what came out. So, yeah, no, man, it's cool to hear that. I identify solely. I mean, I, I grew up outside of Worcester like suburb yeah. of Worcester, but yeah, my dad worked in a sandpaper factory for like 40 years and, you know, like yeah. took care of, um, you know, just like sole provider for our family. And it just, it was, but like just made us tough people and like resilient yeah. people. And, you know, so, yeah. um, i think too like i you know i worked i
0: don't know like so my i ended up working with my dad in his shop when i was like me and my sister both would do it when i was in my teens and i think there was just like this appreciation of like that was ingrained in me of like work ethic and respecting every dollar that you make and then what hard work can get you yeah um, and that's that was the kind of the basis of that album yeah
3: I was raised on black music that my parents play. James Brown, Curtis Mayfield, Saturdays, and you claim it's a style I stole, but it's the only thing I've known since five years old. I was raised on black music and bad influence, baptized in muddy waters, cards and riffs. I would hear my dad play on his instruments. He played like
2: he's on stage in front of millions. I was just a kid who was amused in his living room, sitting listening to rhythm and blues notes. My dad would evoke the music. Ghost of those who were never known it died broke, he slid his fingers Like what he got along the frets it. used to wail the blues scale His guitar wept like Lucille You could
3: feel the weeping strings Every time he played B.B. King And it never lost meaning through the course of the season With the boss of regret
1: But yeah, I mean, the follow-up to that, Dangerfield, um, yeah. honestly, one of my favorites. I, I love, love, love that record. Awesome. Um, I feel and... like that
0: one doesn't get much love, you know? What? It does, well, I mean, as far as like, you know, okay, there's, <laughs> there's the one that consistently people always reference and, and yeah. um, I can see why, but um, Dangerfield, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. It kind of felt like it slid. It was like, you know, oh, low radar God. a little bit, you know? But uh, yeah, I, that, that was a, that record. I'll blow a... it up with my tiny reach yeah, my yeah. tiny <laughs> podcast <laughs> here. But, <laughs> but that, that, that record is an interesting record, you know?
1: No, I, I mean, yeah, I find it, yeah, just the thought behind it. I mean, the name Dangerfields and, and we can yeah. kind of talk more about, uh, your name change to to yeah. mopes and but you know like just dangerfield itself was kind of inspired by rodney dangerfield who yeah. was, is just a stage name for uh this comedian that just wanted to reinvent himself and yeah. um it's just a, i think it's just you know really interesting uh concept kind of put together and just a really yeah. honest thing you know so
0: yeah again like nothing to do is is um it's not not well thought out. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. all, it's very, very uh, precise. And there's usually a, sh- a reason why I do things. And um, after the working man, I was just kind of like, I don't know if I, I don't know. I, I just like, I can't bank on people liking me to make a living. That was like where I was at. So I was like, mm-hmm. if music's just going to kind of be this thing over here for now while I figure out my other shit and how to actually provide for myself. And at that time, the the person I was in a relationship with. Um, so once I started to get my feet grounded in video production and I started to make a living, um, I was always writing and I was always kind of messing around with beats and I was always digging. Um, I just hit this point of when my son was, um, my son was born in 2014 when I was going to become a dad, I was like, Whoa, there was so much shit that, you know how it is. Like when you're becoming a parent for the first time where, Stuff from your past and who you are as a person just all started bubbling up. And again, like music being my outlet to kind of deal with this shit, I just started writing again. Uh, I started producing again and I got really into producing. I was like, okay, um, I want to get better at this. Mm -hmm. Um, So at that time, I was using um, my MPC 2000 XL at the time and I was using, um, I started to get into Logic Pro. So the Logic Pro kind of became the sequencer effects thing and i was using the the 2000 XL was like a pad put uh uh, a pad to trigger samples and stuff yeah which is the same with alarm clock alarm clock had um 2000 XL too but i just got better i got better as a producer my ear got better i learned a lot from buddy i learned a lot from from the animator so i kind of put all this into this album but in the back of my mind i'm like this is it for me this is it for me as prolific i don't see me making another album after this i just i don't um uh, being a dad, it's like time. I'm like, I just don't know if like this is going to be, I don't know if I have it in me to do this anymore, basically. so uh-huh. like, this, And then I went down a rabbit hole at some point of Ronnie Dangerfield on YouTube. You know that <laughs> shit works, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just, and I, I always knew who he was. And I used to watch, so I, um, he used to have like stand up specials. you would have young comedians on and HBO. So I've always had like this connection to stand up comedy in uh, my music and who I was as a person. Because I think stand up comedy is just as influence influential to me as, as hip-hop is okay um, so I uh went down this rabbit hole and so I learned about this dude I'm like whoa this is super interesting yeah and I started yeah. to think about who I was as an artist and I was like man like I um the thought of reinventing myself is sounds like an amazing idea of mm-hmm. like you know what I mean of like uh feeling like I've tied this whole part person into a bow and putting it and then taking a step back. And then if I ever got back into music, I was like, I would probably change my name and do some Roddy Dangerfield shit. That's what I yeah. would be. You know, that would be the, uh, the next step for me. Yeah. Um, but at the time I wasn't planning that. Right. I was just mm-hmm. like, this is going to be the ending for me. This is going to be the ending. I want to do it self-produced, like how I did alarm clock. So it's going to be a f- kind of bookend
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. It
0: was like full circle. Like here's the progression of who I was as a writer, as a producer. And, and, uh, and um, again, it, it allowed me to kind of go back to my roots of like creating in my room, like being like engulfed in in the music, um, in my little shell kind of thing. Uh uh-huh. um, Yeah. So then that's so why I picked the title Dangerfield, and that was the the whole reasoning of the the title name and um, and that bookend of of my career as prolific.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a fantastic record. I mean, the time change and Pale blue spot is one of the coolest f- things I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks, man. It's just, it, it's, yeah, it's just kind of unique. I mean, it, it, uh, like literally, like when I, like, I it's still like look forward to hearing that when it comes up and, um, it kind of turned my head, you know, like I, I still remember like hearing that back, you know, back in the day when I heard it and I was just like, what the, f- what was that, man? Like, <laughs> did he just like, but it wasn't totally like you, I don't know, maybe you can speak a little bit more about it, but it wasn't yeah. like your flow completely changed. Like the beat kind of sped up, you maybe yeah. sped up a little so, bit, but you kind of well, stayed the, in the same so, pocket.
0: But the, yeah, the, BPM, like- the BPM
1: never <laughs> ch- actually changes. It's just oh, the t- drum okay. pattern.
0: Yeah. The drum pattern. Like, cause like the, um, that first drum is, um, I don't need to see, I don't have no shit about music, but like, it's, 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 <laughs> more, neither, like a, so <laughs> it's more like a jazz drum, right? Yeah. It's like this jazzy kind of like, I want to say it's like a three, four kind of drum. And then it goes into kind of like a trappy
1: yeah,
0: kind of a uh, drum switch up. Um, and yeah, they, and like, I, I don't know who I heard or what I heard, but I had heard, I, I heard someone do something similar. Uh-huh. um. Actually, Box Within the Box is kind of like that, too, where, like, that yeah. was a song I do at Reanimator, where it's, like, it starts off this and all of a sudden just, like, it just builds Built, into this yeah. other direction, like, holy smoke. So I knew that this song was going to be that one where I did it, where it was, mm-hmm. like, I, I started here and I'm just going to go, Yeah, I'm just going to show off, like, producer skills a little bit of, like, and then I was, like, I do some double time on it. So it yeah. was really, like, uh I wanted to... Push myself a little bit as a producer and as, mm-hmm. a, as a as a writer. So,
1: yeah, it's an amazing song? But yeah, even just the fact that it wasn't even like a buildup, it was just like here's a here's a chop, yeah, it and just it just all of a sudden, yeah, 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 <laughs> it's, it's like, fucking yeah. cool, man. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, well,
0: yeah. I, I mean, I appreciate stuff like that when people. Well, I appreciate it when other people appreciate things like that, uh-huh. you know, because that, that's that's what I do that shit for
3: i'm from a blue control from blue collar blue bug emblem same city as Vinny past they the richie hatch ernie d's a legend talk fast with an accent size a horse shack underdog passion on tour with jim carry in the van with the band headed towards Aspen. Real, real, real. pale blue spot a 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 one And a uh, two And a uh... Born the same day as Tupac In June In a boom boom box Tuned into two Bob, Bob Newhart Serial Spoonbot And a huge heart All I do is cartoon watch, watch. Grew up in the Reagan 80s Huxtables and Brady's Kissing hands and shaking babies TV raised me Cracked in the pan with my brains beat Nancy couldn't save me From ADHD Children of the Similac Similar Lack of discipline bad Influence White middle class, brass Pants sagging Listening to rap Mimicking black
1: when did you start thinking about making music again like did was when dangerfield came out like you were like all right that door is shut i'm just gonna <sighs> go and, and start doing you know video yeah. work and, and well life but, tough and, was just, and then... there
0: was a lot of things that had happened in that period of time um uh just like personally and i was like yeah. i just don't know how i'm going to make this this work and like I, I knew in the back of my mind i like, could always like come up with lines or I'd like, again, still dig for records, but it wouldn't be, it wasn't going to be like, Oh, when am I going to put an album out again? Mm-hmm. You know? And, um, I just like, when the hell am I going to do shows and all that stuff? I was like, yeah, it was more for just like for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say 2019 I was going through a real fucking rough patch. Um, it was like the start of my, uh, divorce with my, former ex. And, um, I was just feeling like I lost so much of who I was as a person. Um, I mean, that kind of happens when you become a parent, right. Especially with young kids, you're just, you're so in as a dad, I was like, I'm just going to, I'm a fucking provider. Like I'm going to do mm-hmm. whatever I can to make my kids have a good life, be stable. Um, and then just, that's who I am now. I'm like dad, husband guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I completely lost who I was as a person in in doing so um and then when i started to start the process of getting divorced i was like who fuck am i <laughs> you okay. know what i mean who who am I, who am I as a person and i um started going to therapy um which pff, saved my life um in so many ways um i went back to music i just started uh-huh. to fuck around a little bit i was making beats again started like you know just putting thoughts down on paper and i kind of got back i felt like i was like 12 again oh okay of being like this kid of like yo this is this is who you are as a person you know Mm -hmm. i mean it doesn't mean that you need to be on the cover of a magazine or performing in front of ten thousand people it's just like this is such a huge part of you and 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 um how you got to where you are as a person um unique i, I needed it in my life i needed this shit in my life yeah period you know yeah, yeah. um so i started making beats again uh i started writing again i started i entered into like these beat competitions okay just to like jump in there i'm like fuck it i'm I need, i'm just i'm i'm the kind of person who's, like i just need to be thrown into water to motivate me Cause if somebody looks at me weird, I it's like that Jordan thing. Where like I pretend somebody says something and I take it the wrong way, and it just gives me fuel to like, <laughs> become, you know, go back to the lab and, um, yeah, and uh, you know, produce basically. So I wanted to get better. I wanted to be a better writer and better producer. And I was, uh, I <laughs> I hit up Sage and I was like, hey man, uh, I kind of told him what I was going through personally, yep. and I was like, look. I kind of want to go, I want to get back into music. I know I've been like away for four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only do I want to do this, I want to change my rap name. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, and he was fucking 100% down, you know, that's cool. And, uh, uh, he kind of helped me through it all as far as like, um, him and storm storm was a storm Davis. Yep. Uh, help me through just like, what does this look like if I'm going to reintroduce myself? Um, I have a bunch of projects that I want to do. Uh, you guys wanted to put all this stuff out. Um, and they were, they were down. So Uh I, man, I just went hard. And then obviously the pandemic hit. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of spare time in in my place and I was like, I'm going to, this isn't going to be a waste of time for me. Uh huh. Um, I had two, like you know, uh, I have all. I have more free time now because uh, I have split custody with my kids. So I was like, I'm not gonna let that shit go in vain. Like I'm not gonna just like wither away, or I'm not gonna be a. I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna just sit in depression. Like I'm gonna fucking make this time worth it because I'm not. I miss my kids. I'm not with them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something for me, and I'm gonna make something out of this. This. This moment, basically. Uh huh. And that's what happened. And then, uh, you know, two years, I'm just grinding hard, and uh yeah i got a bunch of shit that i'm working on and it's gonna come out
1: yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, well some of it has
0: (laughs) yeah so yeah Yeah. yeah, i mean so basically what happened is is uh i came up with the name change i work with storm and sage and uh, i had an so the album that came out uh in this past month february called unwound was pretty much done at the beginning of 2021 so okay. the, it wasn't mixed yet but like all the songs are pretty yeah. much there uh you know um i had gone through some rounds of feedback with sage and stuff and uh, um i was like all right let's put it out in the fall uh that, that was the goal the goal was to put the the solo out in september 2021 and then we had talked and i had so as i was creating my solo i was working with jesse the tree yeah
1: because
0: i told sage i'm like dude i have so many fucking beats I was like, I don't know what to do with, it. You know I mean? Yeah. So it's like, or like, you know, who, who's out there like that we know is like, is young up and coming talent. And he, he put me on a Jesse, the tree. Yeah. So I was like, okay. all right. So me and, so me and Jesse started working in like mm-hmm. the end of like 2020.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: then, um, in between that, we were going to do like an SFR project that I was going to produce it and have a bunch of different MCs on it. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, um, that was, we, it, but that's going to reemerge to something different because all those beats have been used in other projects now but in that while we were doing it this dude black lick had written like pff, fucking a verse for like every beat it was like 20 beats he had like a verse for everything <laughs> I'm yeah. like, whoa who the hell is this dude and his his output was just crazy so i kind of hit him up on the side i was like yo um what are you working on right now mm-hmm. and he's like what are you working on right now so i was like you want to do something i was like he's like yeah let's do it so i started sending him beats and then, you know, his thing is like, you send him, I sent him a beat and like, within two days he has a song, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, that came together very quickly and we, I was just going to just put it out on some like independent thing. of like, Hey, we just did this project together, but we pitched it to Sage and Sage like, let's put it out through strange famous. So I was like, okay. okay. So now yeah. it's like, I have my solo, Jesse's solo. I produced black licks album I produced and it's just like, okay we need a strategy. Uh, and storm was like, why don't we do an EP to introduce the mopes name? Yeah. And then we'll feature black and Jesse on it. Yeah. Get the audience familiar with it. So I was like, bet, this sounds like a great idea. Uh, so that was in August of 2021. Okay. (laughs) So I, I, I did party McFly Fax machine. I already had that one song with Jesse and I took one song, which was, um,
1: the U Gingrich, yeah,
0: yeah. U Gingrich from we're, we're gonna be on my solo album, and we kind of cobbled together an EP, and that's how the EP came out, you know. And mm-hmm. then Black Black's album followed in October, and then Jesse's solo is hopefully gonna come out uh, with the next couple of months. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so we just like kind of came up with the plan, and then yo, it was like the 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 feedback and the reception I got was incredible, especially mm-hmm. from just loyal supporters and fans of my music and Strange Famous' music, you know? Um, so it was, I, I couldn't have asked for a better reintroduction, you know? Yeah. So it felt homegrown. It felt organic. Like, you know, a lot of people pay to play and we don't, I, I don't do that shit. So mm-hmm. to see like party McFly at 10,000 views to like, know them, like the stuff got sold out like that, all that. I mean, it's incredible mm-hmm. because it's the, the industry is oversaturated and it's all, you know, it's like this, inflated numbers game and none of it's real. So to yeah. know that there are people who actually support and um and dig the music, you know? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was, uh, again, like I was on a hiatus for four years and even then mm-hmm. I was really still on a hiatus. I wasn't really doing any shows and I wasn't doing like podcasts or anything like that. So it was dope to see. And it was it made me feel like, all right, I, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. <laughs> they
2: this, they they like they know who God is, God is. <laughs>
1: It
3: this reality the kings, murdering herds so they've extinct. Self-serving fur minks, a splurge on bird wings. Yo, you work the curb, burning what you earn, trying to blur in and turn conservative like game. Rich, cling to your purse with the pigs in the dirt. Become immersed by your personal things, so what's it worth? A pen full of ink for when the pendulum swings. Pretending the kings dressed in trends for the French. Them candle the wings can't handle the heavy winds. We're to to stock tips when you got an empty fridge. Putting lipstick on a big. Taking blindfolded swings, at pinata's on strings. The system's all rigged. For you to come close, keep playing, never win. Scrolling through the feed just to keep you plugged in. Got the stream on a slow drip, likes in a roach clip. Moss in the light will stay woke, but never notice. They've been broke, you rich. They've been woke, you gangbitch. I smell smoke.
1: but yeah i mean with your new record on wounds um yeah. yeah i mean I, I don't know i mean again maybe just because it's the your production again but it does yeah. kind of harken back to some of the the influences that you've talked about of your upbringing has a lot of that like uh older kind of soul samples on some of the stuff um yeah. yeah i mean it's and again it's it 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 cuts through man i mean it's a it's a great Great Thanks, album. Uh just but like how much you've opened up, like how you know personal you are on this stuff. And I mean you've been yeah. that in every every piece that you've kind of put out essentially. But can you talk a little bit more about making Unwound and and um yeah. you know uh you know what tracks that you would kind of want to shout out from that?
0: Yeah. Um I wrote Unwound basically in 2020. With the cut co- okay. there was a couple of songs that like go about last night I wrote a lot, like actually in like 20. 20- 16 2017 okay um but most of the songs on there are just written in the year 2020 again i had i've done um i'm still in therapy i've done therapy since like 2018 again shit changed my life can't recommend it more to people um but that's kind of what it was that's like the concept of the album is like you know we just, we're, our culture in the U S is just so go, go, go. Mm Uh, and especially like, I don't know, like a lot of the people I grew up with, it's like, you just, you don't complain. You just keep your head down and you keep moving. Yeah. Right. You don't address like your pain. You don't address your problems. You just like smother that shit and just keep moving. (laughs) And you can't, it's like, you don't show weakness, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, where like therapy is the opposite of that. Right. It's like, you, it's like learning how to be vulnerable and talking to things and like, learning how to communicate and uh so all that shit i had to i had to yeah just i i was i was trying to think of it like uh you know picture like a real real just spinning out of control yeah and just now know the things all over the place and the tapes everywhere you just have to fucking slowly unwind it all to get it back to where it needs to be mm-hmm. and that's kind of the concept of the album is that who i was as a person was just spinning off the track and I had to put that work in to just like sort through the shit mm-hmm. and slowly just kind of piece who I was back together again. And uh, um, in in that time of doing that, there's just so much stuff that um, you know I, I didn't deal with as a kid, or I didn't deal with as a teenager, or deal with as an adult. That just start to pop up and like, why the fuck is that still there? Like, why okay. is that memory still here? And then, um, I used again, and I, as being in therapy, a lot of that stuff came up. I'm like, why the fuck is this here? So instead of just like ignoring it or suppressing it, I was like, let me just write about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was funny in the moment where I was writing it, I'm like this, there was like, there was an attempt to feel positive and not just be like, I'm sad. Like I'm complaining. (laughs) Like, I just, I'm not into that shit. It's like, yeah. Yes. I want this to I want this to be like cathartic and and uh, I'm you know, pushing it forward, mm-hmm. not letting it bring me down or just being sad for no reason, you know, mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like a sad album when I was actually writing it. Like about last night, I knew it was sad, like a lot of the other songs, it felt like I was more positive than it was like a negative, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah. Uh, right. Um. But it's me- it's dark, you know, it's I don't know if I can not make a dark album. <laughs> uh I think that's I think that's kind of why I got into music was to kind of cope with those kind of feelings and those kind of thoughts. So that's what comes out on my solo um solo records. But yeah, I mean, man, and then being a dad, I mean, that shit changed my life, you know, uh-huh. uh for the better. Again, like I think therapy and my kids like just have saved me and and put me on such a um, put me on like a better track um so yeah like because I see them and I'm learning from them and who like who I was as a kid who my parents were and who I am as a parent and who they are as my kids it's like this this constant um learning from each other with me and my kids Mm -hmm. so that's it I mean that's it it's all on that record you know yeah uh, um some like highlighted songs for me um were like so I really started to play with. Different pockets. So, like uh, like as far as rapping goes, like pray with tight hands, there's a lot of different rhyme schemes happening in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, um I'm just trying to hit different flows, but all make it feel seamless and not feel like I'm, I'm trying too hard. Like it's like it's uh there's like a reason why I'm going in these directions, right? So if like the beats not changing up, my flow's changing up. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I just I went like as hard as I could go. Um, and this felt like how I created the ugly truth. Like I was really trying to get not, I'm not saying perfection, but I was trying to push myself as Mm hard, as hard as I could. And and even too, with production, like I wanted to shape my sound more. Like, so when I'm handing the files off to to people to mix and mask, like I know the sound that I kind of want to get out of it.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So there was a, a lot of that going on. Um, so yeah, like, um. Pray with tied hands is a uh, was like a standout to me. Um, one that got away uh, was another ill story that was true that happened to me. I mean, there's some embellishments in there, but it was a, um, a crazy situation I was in. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's like dealing with like loss and uh, again, like how to cope, like how, like what the fuck we doing? You know what I mean? And, and it's, yeah. uh, when I put music out, it's like when I create the music, it's for me. When I put it out, it's for other people. Mm-hmm you know what I mean? So, um, I, I, I wanted it to be just as much as people who like my music and who don't even know me and might like it, uh, as just as it was for me, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted people to enjoy it. So there's reception so far has been good, you know? Yeah. So, and yeah. So I was listening. like, so let me see. Like, so I've been got, I got into like, like rock Marciano, Griselda, uh, I love alchemist. Um, so that was so the feel of that album, I think, was based on that music that I was listening to. Like so like 2015, 2016, like those guys started to get some buzz and that like mm-hmm. slow, that slow soul. Yeah, yeah. Kind of grimy sound that I've always loved that I've always tried to emulate um, was popping. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I know this shit. I, this is, <laughs> I love this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of found my lane. And am like, I can do this, but in my own way, like it's not going to be a ripoff or Griselda because I've already kind of done this. I know how to, how to, how to flip this style, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: So yeah, that was another big influence of like the direction I went.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I love the production on it. And you know, one thing that I think is great. I mean, obviously this is a Rhode Island based podcast, but you know, for those yeah. listening, you, uh, aren't currently living in rhode island anymore but still yeah. uh you know claim it as your own and um yeah uh and you know with this this album i mean you have the song home is a tough leather jacket um yeah. you know sample the block island ferry intro the, oh, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff like that but i mean that's just like it's a. Um, <laughs> just an honest song man and it's just like yeah. i mean it's uh the the line that you have in there of like you don't get help you get high yeah. you know like fuck man that just like hits yeah. you know that um yeah. especially i mean I, I i don't know if you know but i mean i've been in recovery for uh, a long time uh yeah. and you know have, that, have been um you know doing what i got to do therapy and and all of that other yeah. stuff as well too so i mean Good maybe you, that's man. also why i like some of these records yeah. Um, you know, when I hear it, stuff that I can identify with, but um, it's just like just real, it's real shit, shit man, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's funny
0: because you know people and it's not that that's not just the Rhode Island song. I feel like that's that pocket of New England song, yeah, because living in d c it's a completely different environment than that area, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like
1: you're Oh, it's definitely
0: Worcester. It's, it's the same Yo, thing, man. It's, you know, I mean, like- <laughs> it's like Fall River, New Bedford, Socket, Patucket, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Central Fall. I mean, it's all like we all like yeah. we all kind of had a similar experience growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why a lot of people relate to it, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's a lot of personal stuff in there. And I, I know a lot of friends and family that just turned to drugs and never, mm-hmm. you know, again, like I never knew what therapy was. I, I thought therapy was for rich people well mm-hmm. like people who had like schizophrenia or some uh, shit, yeah you know yeah I mean? yeah and uh, um i when i started to do it I'm like, oh my god like there's this it's, i'm not gonna say like there are areas that area is like far behind it's just, like people just don't have access to that shit yeah or yeah. didn't know about it or you know what i mean it's just it's it, it, yeah it's 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 like um too much i mean not, i'm gonna say too much pride but it kind of is like we just you don't People don't show their weakness and people don't um, they just keep it moving, you know, yeah. and that's kind of what that song was about. And it's funny like that. I had this vivid memory of like my this leather jacket my dad had. And my yeah. dad was like a leather jacket. Kind of, remember that era of like just like leather jackets? <laughs> and the, um, <laughs> that's it just that's what it that's what Rhode Island and that era made me of just like durable you know what I mean yeah just can't yeah break can't break us you know it, yeah. as much as you throw shit on us we're always going to find a way to to get through it mm-hmm. and uh, um yeah that's that's that was kind of a dedication to that area and I put mm-hmm. Paz, Vinny Paz's Ianza in there in the middle too like that's a cut he's from Cranston yeah um so that's like it was like a homegrown like this is for you this is for that's it this is for the, the, the people I grew up with and uh, the people I care about
3: can't remember every first name or birthday. I burnt ways, cursed fate of finding comfort in a birdcage. Can't mull over every word they say. revealed your vertebrae. Ain't no church to pray. It's back to my birthplace. Ain't a no work to earn a pay. I circle and learn to wait. Early bird regurgitate. Turn that worm into bait. Hustle to determine fate. Double the return you make. I kill what I eat. You sit and wait to be served on a plate. A warm welcome's like the tough of the jacket where I'm from. Blood is thicker than the accent. Cash. Gets Spent unlucky tickets scratched away with their last cent. Your dad's friends or your uncles, where you get. side and it never gentrifies places like New Bedford not Ben stop places where Chris Heron's a legend and heaven wind thrives with friends of mine with no second tries get left behind you don't get help you get high you don't inherit wealth, you get by no tears when you've been bled dry protect your pride or whatever's left inside just keep your head high pretend like everything's fine and
1: welcome home son well cool yeah I mean I highly recommend everyone check out on wow and check out all of mopes discography prolifics discography uh strangefamous.com has all of it you know even some of the stuff that um you know some of the independent stuff that you did before that (laughs) um where do you see yourself now like as as an artist you know like i mean do you as a like coming up like reflecting back on that kind of stuff is it is it different than you know the the you in 2001 and like what you were striving for? Is it something different now? Well, so I think- What are you looking uh, to achieve, you know, with your music? I think when I was
0: younger doing it, I was trying to find myself, Mm -hmm. find out who I was. I think that was like the deep root of why I was making music of like trying to figure out who I was and how am I going to navigate this world basically? Mm -hmm. And now that was me at like, right? 18, 20. And now at 40, I know who I am and i know what i want to do with, with the music i make Um me like i know what the sound that i want to have and i know why i'm doing it and why i'm yeah. doing it is because i fucking love it mm-hmm. um and i it's like once you don't have something you kind of realize that why you had it in the first place and why you miss it yeah um so the whole process to me is of making music. What was this is going to, is going to be there with me uh, forever. Uh, I don't ever see me letting that that go again, unless I like, you know, even if I lose functioning in my hands, like I'll figure a way out to make a beat. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but where I say, see my music, I, I, so the, the plan that I have is like, I want to put out dope shit. in as much of it as I can between now and the end of 2023 and then kind of see where I'm at. Um, okay. I, I, I it's, I still don't know how to navigate the industry. And I think it's becoming even worse to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause at least before it's like, I knew the avenues, like I knew what I had to do. And then like that, the end of the MySpace era, I just like, I don't understand any of this shit. And like, I don't, it's becoming less about music and more about people as a brand. Yeah. Um, But now it's, I feel like it's even changing more so because like, with like Spotify and you know like the death of the CD like what it what does it mean to have a physical copy of music you Mm -hmm. know I know that vinyl still sells and I know that cassettes are kind of making a comeback but I don't really think people listen to the cassettes and I'm not sure how many people are actually listening to the vinyl I feel like it's more like a collector's item right Mm -hmm. so um yeah I'm trying to I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out of like what that means um I think I want to expand my audience for like 100%. Like I think yeah. there's a uh, an, a lot of people in pockets of hip hop and underground hip hop that don't know who I am, uh-huh. um, that I want to try to reach. Um, I want to work with different artists outside of Strange, Famous. Um, I think that my sound is, um, can, like, especially as a producer. Um, and it's like, once you hear the, the new stuff that's coming out, it's like, uh, it's it's very uh very kind of like new age boom bappy. I hate to use terms like that, but that's just like what it sounds like. Um so I I feel like there's other people I can work with who I can fit with their style that isn't yeah. on the label. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted to explore those options. Um and I really just have fun doing it, you know, where mm-hmm. it's like I, I I take it serious enough where I feel like I'm a professional, you know what I mean? Like I don't I'm not yeah. fucking around, like I'm doing this for real. Um, but I don't have to like, it's not how I make my living. So mm-hmm. if I want to put out a record of me fucking yodeling, I can do that shit. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I want it, but I, I want, I, I, again, I don't want to just like throw it out there and let it die. Like I want to, I want to be able to push it. I want people to hear the music, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, at this point, um, I'm still learning that side. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: well, yeah, yeah it's it just weird. keeps it's, changing. It, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I grew up kind of touring mid two thousands, you know, and I was like, well, yeah, yeah I mean, there was definitely gatekeepers and certain things that need to be done, but it was like, kind of, you just go yeah. out, you, you know, make some CDs, you go out and play as many shows as possible. And hopefully you sell yeah. them and come back and you do it again or whatever else. But now it's yeah. Just a lot of, uh,
0: yeah. Yeah. We kind need, of unknowns. We need, de- and, we need those like gatekeeper DJs who yeah. are not getting like payola.
1: Uh, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Well, would- there's the depth of that. I mean, it just doesn't really seem that like, you know, yeah, like, there's like no BRU that- is still, kind of around but like it's not the same thing of like a terrestrial station
0: yeah Um, same thing with all yeah it's yeah uh i yeah because a lot of times like i'm i mean like word of mouth i'm learning about new artists or like random suggestions through uh spotify or just because oh it's like how i always did it was like if i like Rock, Mar- rock marciano i find out about crime apple i find out about all these other dudes that are kind of in this similar like stove god like all those guys who are affiliated with them i kind of check them out you know yeah um so so yeah i think it's just i think it's building relationships that i'm i, I want to do and um exploring outside of this sfr circle you know mm-hmm. um if trying to push the sfr brand and push my brand you know my yeah yeah. as far as like the music i make you know yeah yeah and then then putting out cool shit like um my my boy dave who i work with on like the graphic design stuff for the t-shirts like we're trying to step our game up i'm trying to step my game up on like the merch that i put out and i realized that now it's like you know i put out say i put out six projects in a year that's a lot of fucking merch for people to buy you know what i mean that's (laughs) also a lot of merch you know so it's like how do i um how do I not sell myself short but not oversaturate when I'm what I'm putting out? You know? Uh-huh. So yeah. So yeah, it's it's a delicate balance, but I'm having a blast and I'm enjoying every minute of it. So that's yeah, all yeah. that really counts. That, yeah. Know, so you
1: know, reflecting back though on your career yeah. to this point, like what would you say is your greatest musical accomplishment? Like, is there a certain thing you did certain show you did certain experience you've had like with music that you'd like to share so
0: many i mean there's so many um i think i think it's just it's like deeper than that for me it's not just like one experience it's just like what i who i've become as a person i wouldn't be who i am today without music Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be who i am today without hip-hop music and i think that's the um my foundation of who i am as a person is built with hip-hop in it and it's a huge mm-hmm. part of who i am you know who i am today who how i father my kids how i work at the place i work at like it's just it's always there it's running through my my veins all day every day mm-hmm. and um i i um owe so much to the music and i owe so much to the people that i've had interactions with you mm-hmm. know because it just it shaped me who i am as a person yeah. um Yeah. I mean, when I was touring, um, when I was, I mean, Jesus Christ, just like performing, like facing my fear of performing in front of people, uh, learning how to produce, like, just like all those little accomplishments, um, digging records, like learning, I find I'm finding new music through digging records, you know? So there's just, Mm -hmm. there's so much that has been a part of my life through music that it can't just be one thing. It's basically everything, you know?
1: So. Mopes, thank you so much, man. man. It's been cool to, uh, to learn a little bit more about you this is uh uh you're just a incredible artist you know and i appreciate everything that you've done so thank you for taking the time
0: thanks man thanks for showing me the love you know yeah. uh, i like it when uh folks from that area can
1: uh you know make time for
0: me and and give me uh give me a chance to say what i gotta say
1: of course of course
3: when you've escaped the jail cell through again- you scrape with your nails and made your way through a drain pipe, you take the smell that first taste worth the weight, let the rain fell. your birthday felt the wave, let your face well, stains on your name get placed in the shelf next to all the paintings that your kids made with your health, it's like train or untrained, it's a game with yourself the pain runs through veins till the pain takes your health, snakes aim to drain, with separates from the fells fuck it, you take the L's, let the flames take the wealth, there's no price for freedom, a truce I may write with my demons, We too much alike, we tight, you know my weakness And it's redeeming to have a means to an end So I shoot my arm like Rakim did to the stem And I'm supposed to pretend It's all good when it's convenient Sick of being at odds, just wanna break even Recreate the atom just to break the even Slide the snake inside your eating Making babies just to change the season Making up reasons just to stay believing Keep reaching, keep digging, keep kicking, keep breathing away our smiles just to take the pain we give into our demons just to take it in vain we give it up all just to take the fall then we give it what's left just to take one step we give away our smiles just to take the pain we give it our demons just to take it in vain we give it our all just to take the fall then we give it what's left just to take one step like you ain't got a way out you spaced out searching for a face in the crowd while they telling you to stay down waiting for you to break beneath the weight being chased down by the hunters you've been running from feeling like your numbers come finding comfort in the numb giving up is cumbersome it's like I'm talking to my son Walk but don't run, I fought the lawn, won one My freedom back, holding a torch to the sun And all I need is a match That's what happens when you fall apart You find pieces like a killer finds Jesus Time teaches as the mind ceases This is for my mom and dad and everyone that had my back To everyone that battled back A face full of spackle cracks I've unraveled and snapped Gathered my stack, packed up my act dragged my welcome out to hell and back Keeping track of the miles When it hurts too much to smile from the death of a friend to the birth of a child The circle is wow You ain't a friend, you family This ain't the end, it's just insanity Say peace and tell the camera cheese Take a picture, take me with you And take care of yourself Like my son does his baby sister We give away our smiles just to take the pain We give into our demons just to take the vain. We give it our all just to take the fall Then we give it what's left just to take one step We give away our smiles just to take the pain we give inside demons just to take it in vain We give it our all just to take the fall Then we give it what's left just to take one step to Take one step, to take, one step to take one step Yeah.